I've learned a lot since I started following Jesus. And a lot of what I've learned is not exactly what I thought I was going to learn. My name is Joshua, and I want to welcome you to this broadcast. Those of you that are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for sharing this with friends. And of course, those of you that have become members uh, of my new broadcast and the new offerings, thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, you can go to joshuatbarglund.com and learn all about it. Uh, essentially, what we have there with this website is a media company in a box. And... This is ideal for artists, for, oh man, if you're, if you're a creator, if you are an artist of any kind, a sculptor, a painter, a writer, a singer, a, a spoken word artist, a filmmaker, an attorney, a ministry, this technology and the media company in a box service is, it's a game changer. But I don't want to spend time talking about freedom but this is, I mean, this media company in a box is, is such a huge part of the vision that I've had, why we've done the work that we've done the last few years, um, what we've been designing, talking about, prophesying over, you know, just speaking this life into us because I'm a firm believer that God gives us dreams and visions to show us what's possible not to tease us and not to mock us. And I say that a lot because the very first time I, I heard it, it was life-changing for me. Um, it was awesome. I actually heard that from a, uh, what do you call uh, the Latter-day Saints? Uh, not, a, not a Muslim, a Mormon, a Mormon gentleman. And when he first said it to me and he was, you know, and he showed it to me in the Bible and I, I just was, blown away because it made so much make sense because we're always told that you know especially as believers we're told that we're in a spiritual battle and my experience what led me to the Lord was a very dark evil and twisted life but then a very supernatural experience with the Lord and it was that day that I realized that I truly truly realized that those dreams and visions that I was having were God showing me what was possible for my life. Not to mock me, not to tease me. And, and it just made so much sense. And it makes me wonder about how many people that start to pursue their dreams, how many give up when things get tough because everything that they can see in the physical world or see with their two eyes is, well, I mean, it, it looks like a bunch of dead ends. But yet, you're told to have faith and have faith in the unseen. And, 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 uh, and it's almost like you're walking blindly. And, and there's some truth to that. If you're only focused on the external. What I've learned by radically pursuing my faith journey, as I call it, my God dream path. And what I mean by God dream is I believe that those dreams and visions God placed inside of me, I didn't come up with it. I couldn't possibly have known 
what those dreams and visions meant at the time I saw them. However, it's the very thing that has laid out the groundwork for the work that we do today and the work we've been doing for years and in preparation for what we believed was going to come. And of course, those things, and this is one of the issues that I want to talk about with following Jesus and, 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 and getting into why Jesus says to keep our eyes focused on him, because I'm going to talk about conspiracy, I'm going to talk about religion, I'm going to talk about man-made crap. Um, I'm going to get into all of this today. Because I think that as a follower of Jesus Christ, I need to share this with other believers and other people that are looking for hope and looking for a way out or looking for freedom or looking for something more than they have now, but are scared to give their life to Jesus because of how they've been treated by people that profess Jesus's name. Yeah, I'm done with all that. But I, but I, at the same time, I'm not going to go on attack mode because here's the thing. We're all freaking human beings. I mean, there's probably some lizard people and, you know, clones and things like that. But I mean, I'm talking to humans right now. That was kind of supposed to be funny, but not really because I'm kind of being serious because I don't really know. And that's the thing. Because <laughs> we don't know the whole truth. We don't have the whole truth about anything. In fact, it would be impossible for us to know the whole truth because truth sometimes is a matter of perspective in the way and through the lens that people see things. Interpretation of the Bible. I, I, the Bible is the most alive book ever written. I was actually looking to see if I had the Bible around. <laughs> the podcast audience couldn't see me doing that, but uh, they're all behind me and I'm not going to get up and walk. Anyway, we have, like, I, I, I can't, like, I read the Bible so much and listen to it so much that I can go read it one, one day and it means something to me so profound that I think that that is what it means all the time. And then I go, I fall back into that verse another time and it means something completely different. Now, is that what they mean when they say the Bible is alive? Because if it's alive, it's breathing, it's moving, it's ever changing, it's evolving, it's meant to mean something. How is it that you can read the Bible and listen to the stories and go, I'm in that right now? It, it Whoa, that's amazing. But you know what? They've been doing that since the Bible came out. In the Bible, it talks about the end times are soon. When was the Bible written? Thousands of years ago? What's soon? And then people say, well, God's timing. You know, God doesn't, he's not, what is it? I forgot what the expression is, but how he, like, time is different to God as, than it is us, right? That's what they're said. And it seems like, the more I dove into trying to be a part of church life, the more that when I come in with my hard questions or I'm seeing something, I'm getting revelation out of the Bible about what this means for me, or I start asking questions, the prime example that I always, always bring up now that no one likes to answer in the church, but yet 
The more you dive in to research it, it makes the most sense. And then when you start to read the Bible from this point of view, it starts to change how the Bible is read again. Our lens and how we see things or how we're looking at it, or are we seeing it clearly? Are we seeing it foggy? Are we seeing it with what? Are we seeing it with the Holy Spirit eyes? Are we seeing it with our colluded eyes? Because you can't see clearly when you're full of anger, resentment, jealousy, greed, and so on. In fact, there's no room for the Holy Spirit when you have all that bottled up inside of you. So the thing is that what started me down this path, and it almost led me to a path of confusion of going, this is all bullcrap. Was oh, let me give the example. One of the main examples that I ask about all the time is when I was reading Genesis, it became very, very clear to me that it is very possible, if not likely, that not only is the Garden of Eden in your brain, it's also a physical place. In the same way that it is proven in the Bible, and your church doesn't tell you this that paradise and hell are in the same place. How is this possible? Unless, I mean, like you've got paradise and then there's a sinkhole to hell, like in the middle of it. I mean, okay, that's possible. I can see that happening. I can see it. You know, we, we look at the beautiful ocean and like, ooh, that's really beautiful. And I, it's so scenic and I, and I love it. And then you go out there and a shark eats you. I mean, so I guess, okay, oh, that works. But if you think about our mind and the mental warfare that goes on in our mind, doesn't it feel like hell sometimes? And so then we have the pineal gland, we have the third eye, we have, we have these other parts of the brain that some people say you shouldn't access, it's demonic, but yet it was inside of us, and if God created us, it's there for a reason. So then... Is the opening of the third eye only wrong when I use drugs to open it? Or is it wrong when I use meditation? Or is it wrong when I, what? I don't know. The thing is, you don't know the answer. You don't know the truth. You have other people's opinions. But the fact is, God didn't say any of those things. In fact, if you want to take this a step further, God didn't say anything about homosexuality either. And I know you were going to go run to your Bible and go, well, it says right there, homosexual. But that word wasn't put in there until 150 years ago. Now, with the more you research the word that was there before and what it meant, like it meant different things. Could it be implying homosexuality? For sure. Could it be, could it possibly be speaking out against, uh, you know, lesbianism too? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, it is possible. They, you know, because words, we take words and twist their meaning all the time the meaning of a cult most people don't even know what the me the word occult means and, and it's and it's not all evil but some of it can be if you look at the laws of the universe the laws of the universe could be used against you or for you so what i'm getting at is this we have all of these different groups of of religions, there's all these forms of religions, there's all these forms of Bibles, there's all these different, well, I think there's only one Quran. I'm not for sure because I haven't read it. 
have all of these other religious texts. We have all of these amazing philosophers. We have all of this wisdom all over the place. And yet, when you go to church, and you, you, you get different messages per the different preacher. However, the one thing that I see the most, that is the most upsetting, is how people will call each other false prophets. And I've gotten in the middle of all that because everyone wants to believe that they're right. And I've been guilty of this. I've been so guilty of it. And I think that any new believer, any new believer, they are seeking to do everything the right way. So I would guess, and I can't, I have no statistics to back this up, but I would guess that if somebody gives their life to Jesus in a certain ministry, then that's the ministry they go to to get spiritually fed. And then some people feel like they have to stay there because that's where they're being fed. And, and in that moment, that moment of breaking that you have after giving your life to the Lord, you become open to anything. So if you got people there spiritually feeding you and you think, well, this is right theology, then that's what you're going to believe. Regardless of the ministry, and of course, you get in, give your life to the Lord in jail like I did. It was different because I had nowhere to go. So I was just like seeking anything and anywhere. And so I was seeking counsel for the people that I believe were believers. But I don't want to spend any like, time on, in all of these different things and all of the differences. But I want to paint this picture. Like, there's people that believe that Lucifer is Jesus. Because if you listen to the Catholic Church and some of the songs that are sung, like, they're talking about Lucifer the light bearer. And then, so that's why people, some people think that Lucifer is Jesus. Luciferians believe that Lucifer is Jesus. Luciferianism and Satanism is two different things. So you have all of these theories. You have all of these different holy texts. You have texts that are predate the Bible. And then those texts, it's like, well, there's a lot of the things that are in the Bible that were in that text. And then you look at the Gospel of Thomas and you look at other things. So here's what I'm getting at. All of those things that is threw at you, all of those differences, all of those areas that people squabble, they squabble over homosexuality. And here's the thing, on that back to that issue, like I've been very, very open about, like, I mean, I didn't get HIV from Cheerios. I, I you know, I, I have same-sex attraction. Actually, I don't even know if I could even simplify it like that. Like, it's kind of more complicated than even that. But, like, and I, could that have been the circumstances from the sexual trauma and the physical trauma and then drugs and all of that stuff? Could that have just been the perfect storm? Yeah, but I also remember before I was molested having thoughts. So, I don't know what that means. And I've gone to God and begged God to take it from me, and God hasn't taken it from me. But, like, and it's been a nightmare, but if you listen to the church because they preach out of the Bible, they point to that Bible and so then homosexuals have been hurt or bisexuals or trisexuals or you know transsexuals, like people get hurt. So then then that gay person or bi person feels bad about themselves and that's a well it says this in the Bible, so it's very confusing, but I really love Jesus because I know that Jesus saves gay people because I liked um, you know, I I had same-sex attraction, so Jesus saved my life. So, okay, this is really confusing now. So, like, if, if I'm an abomination, how did Jesus save me? 
And then some people will say, well, well, well you're, you're, you're a fake Christian because you like penis. Well, that's, wait, wait, wait a second. So what was that supernatural experience I had with Jesus? That was in the Holy Spirit because I cried out to Jesus and I cried out to the Holy Spirit, take my life, it's yours. I had the supernatural experience. So was that fake? Like, it, that's, what I'm, that's what people are dealing with. So that's all confusion. And it says in the Bible, God's not the author of confusion. But there's confusing stuff in the Bible. Hmm. Hmm. Could it be that the Bible was written by man, inspired by the Holy Spirit? Could it be a collection of other people's heroes' journeys, their, their journeys with the Lord, just a collection of that. Could it be that the Word of God actually resides in us and comes from the Christ in us? Is that possible? Because there's a lot of evidence to prove that. But you see in church, you can't ask that question because people get offended. But I think these questions need to be asked. I got a phone call last night from somebody that I thought completely bailed and flaked on me. Somebody that was a member of the only church that I call home, which is Word of God Church in Oklahoma City. Uh, it was, that's where I got to do the Saturday night service for Gratitude Unfiltered, my old show. And um, they gave me the pulpit. Probably didn't deserve to have the pulpit because I shouldn't preach because I ask questions like this. I even, I think, almost cursed someone out on stage once because I snapped. I switched, had a DID switch on stage. This episode is quite interesting. And of course, as I'm working through it all on stage, it was kind of an amazing thing. It was like watching a comedian die. Like when I watch it, it's like watching a comedian just bomb all of his jokes and then all of a sudden, like pull it together. And it, 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 that was all God. And then of course I apologize and start crying at the end because I felt bad for yelling at somebody that was making noise while I was trying to broadcast. I went off on somebody in the middle of a church service. So I don't have it all figured out. So here it is. I'm this man of God wanting to be an evangelist, wanting to save everybody I can possibly save. And I'm not qualified to be a preacher. And then I started to think, like, because, and I, and there's a huge responsibility for anyone that preaches the Word of God. A huge. Because you're not going to get it all right. You can't. You can't get it all right, especially when we don't have a complete Bible. And so here's what I've learned. It's taken me 20 minutes. So I want to, I've kind of covered why I've gotten into what I've learned since I've started following Jesus. But I want to share this. I've given enough back crap. Like, I, I've worked in the church, I've been a part of church, I've seen the ugliness that's there, but you know what? It's really, really easy to point our finger and judge other Christians for the faults that they have and call them fake Christians or say they're fake and all that. But here's the thing, we're all false prophets, if you want to go there. We're all sinners, and there's not a single person out there right now. There's not a single, I don't care how much they can throw the Bible at you, I don't know. I don't care how much scripture they know. There's no one out there without sin. There's no one out there that's without losing their temper, getting angry, being depressed, feeling resentful, getting jealous, and so on. You know why? 
because it would be impossible in this world not to. If you're on social media, yeah, that's not real. Wait till you wait till you like understand like what metaverse will be. <laughs> like you think that social media depresses you now and sucks your soul dry? Wait till you get into the metaverse. Because it is a complete detachment from reality. And thus your soul goes with it. But so there's all of these things. So I want to start off by saying every person accusing somebody else of being a false prophet is a false prophet. And because we all think that we know everything there is to know about God and the Bible, especially, I mean, Christians do, especially people that have a, a platform. We like to pretend that we know everything because we speak with such authority and, and we go back and say the word of God says this and says that and you do this and you do that. And, and at the same time, it, that in itself is dishonest because it's not the literal word of God. And you can't understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what gives you the instruction, which gives you the revelation, which shows you what that text is supposed to mean for you that day, that moment. It's your daily bread. The Bible is daily bread. Therefore, that bread may be different one day to the next. Here's what I've learned about Jesus. He is never God, Jesus, I, I believe. So, <clears throat> I should, I, boy, I have a whole bunch of stuff about the brain and how the, the knowledge of good and evil could have been a brain split. Like I, anyway, I, I want to get into, I, I do want to do that another day. But the sin that, like, I absolutely believe sin is death. I believe that it separates us from God because the sin is sinning against our own bodies. And that could be sleeping around. I mean, you think about it. Like, if our body is a temple, doesn't it make sense that Jesus resides there? If we're to treat our body as a temple, if we are made in God's image, I would imagine that we have pieces of God inside of us, so that means how we treat ourselves really matters. When they say the wages of sin is death, I don't know if we understand it to be that it's actually truly death for us, death for our soul, death for our spirit. And you know, part of that is what we intake. I think about all the, the, the this crap that was in meth, and the, of course, I mean, I try to get pure cocaine, but you know, even that gets stepped on and has all kinds of weird stuff in it. Who knows what's in cannabis now, now that it's open for the public and it's commercialized. Like, I mean, there's God knows what's in there now. It's not the pure plant that God created, um, which I'm an advocate for mushrooms, by the way, and, and cannabis, but I also believe that the way that it's being manufactured now isn't natural and of God. Uh, so, I mean, the argument goes away. Oh, I, I keep forgetting and skipping over this part about the homosexuality part. I want to finish this so I can move on. The other thing, too, that I, I wonder about, because I, even though I know they've removed the word homosexual out of the Bible, 
or I'm sorry, they added that in, even though I know they did that. I also know that God creates, everything God creates has a purpose. And if the purpose is only pleasure, is that something that God would want? Because if it's just pleasure, doesn't that have the opportunity to get abused and become addicted to? And my experience with sex is that you want more of it and you want to do something a little bit different each time. So you push the envelope more and more and more. So the thing is, is I don't have the real whole answer. I know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible said 150 years ago. And even in the original Bible, the word that was there. But it could mean the same thing in a roundabout way. The thing is, we don't know the true intent because we weren't there. What I know about Jesus is that he will never abandon you. Sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes it feels like Jesus is nowhere to be seen. And sometimes that's because we lose sight of our behavior. We lose sight of our need for him. We lose sight of the fact that part of our relationship with him is to be present when we spend time with him. I like to look at it like this. Um, I'm married. I love my wife. And I also know that if I don't fill up my wife's love tank, it's not going to be a happy home. I know that if I don't spend time with her and pay attention to her, I'm not going to get what I, what, <laughs> I'm not going to get my needs filled. I'm not going to have the happy home that we have. I know that if I don't, you know, pay attention to her and spend time with her, our relationship won't grow and, and the roots won't get deep enough to be able to withstand storms. My wife and I have been going through wild storms, wild storms, but God has brought us through all of them and we've been able to get through it together. And instead of the circumstances that have been coming, throwing, being, been, that have been thrown at us, we now, like we're like rising above in the storm. And because of that, we've been able to see the opportunities and the storms. I never in my wildest dreams thought when, you know, I was making this shift and going away from full-time foundation work to focus on building the media company in a box and the one-man, one-person media machine and the, the consulting membership and the other things that, we, that I had been on my heart to create and just didn't have the technology for yet. Um, now that we have it, like it was time to focus on that and use the work that I do to fund the mission with the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. We are blessed that our network is still active. It's just floating. We're not using it right now, but it's there um, because when it's time, it's going to get used the right way. And I'm so grateful for our partnership with Lightcast because Lightcast has made that possible. But that's a God blessing. That's a kingdom relationship. God loves kingdom relationships. That's another thing I've learned about Jesus. Jesus, um, you know, this is his kingdom. 
like, and the kingdom of heaven dwells inside of us, but he wants us collaborating with other kingdom people. Because what do kingdom people do? They multiply. They're fruitful. They share gift for gift and trade. It's not always about money because money can be anything in the kingdom realm. That's what we love. That's why we love kingdom. We got it a little bit wrong because we were serving and only serving and not asking for things back. We didn't do a good job of asking for donations. We didn't do a good job of um, making sure, because I believe that, I mean, it's one thing just to serve and not ask for anything in return. That's absolutely something that should be done, but it can't be, you can't tell money to go away. And essentially that's what we were doing because like, hey, we just serve and only serve. So it was like, hey, come and take advantage of us or hey, come use us for all of our stuff and everything will be fine. And uh, that's, that's, a, that, that was wrong on our end. That said, all the work that we did as serving and only serve, that fruit is coming in and has come in and is coming in more. And, but that's because the kingdom way of living works. The other thing I've learned about Jesus is that and Jesus said a lot more in the Bible, uh, or Jesus said a lot more than what's in the Bible. Some of the stuff was taken out, some of the stuff was never put in, and it would be impossible to put every single word Jesus ever said in that book. So for anyone to act like they know um, what Jesus you know, says about every issue is, is not correct. Now, there, obviously the, what Jesus said um, in the Bible is awesome. What Jesus said in the Gospel of Thomas is awesome too also. But is the Gospel of Thomas real? You know what? Don't know. I mean, yeah, it's real because you read it, but is it really Jesus' words? You have no way of knowing. And there's all kinds of videos that you will see people arguing facts on both ends, both sides. So how do you know what's real? Well, depending on which video you go to is probably the one you're going to believe is real. And that's the problem with us as believers going after each other. The other thing I've learned about Jesus and what God wants from us is he doesn't want us fighting over scripture. It's clear. I don't have the scripture in front of me, but Jesus says it. It's in the Bible. I think it was Paul that was talking about this. We're not supposed to be fighting over scripture and our, what we think are, what is the correct theology. We're not, but yet it's happening anyway. One thing I learned, I think I said this on yesterday's broadcast, but one thing that I've learned also is usually the people that are pointing the finger saying false prophet are the false prophet themselves. You are a false prophet if you say the Bible is a literal word of God, because it's not the literal word of God, because that's impossible. There would not be commentary if it's a literal word of God. Half-truths aren't truth. Oh, that's another thing. Half-truths. Got to talk about this. Another thing I've learned about Jesus or the other thing I've learned about Jesus, when he says to keep our eyes fixated on him, he means it. Do you know why? Because everything we are told is a distraction. Everything. Everything from the media is a distraction. Because, and I'm guilty of this, and one of the things that I know with all my heart is that man can make plans and God laughs. So that's usually said when people 
we throw that at individuals like, well, I'm planning to travel to space and I'm planning to go out and be this or that. And, 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 you know, like it's, it's great, but you know, God laughs because I believe that God's usually got something better for you than what you're, you're saying. And, but this works with the enemy too, because see the enemy has their plans, but the devil's a liar, a liar, a liar. And even if the devil is only in your brain, he's still a freaking liar, still a freaking liar. World Economic Forum, Agenda 22, the UN, all those people, all those like those things that conspiracy theorists have, you know, point to and go, that's going to happen. Well, technology is advancing. And listen, I've been guilty of this because in a lot of my earlier videos, when I was trying to warn people about what was coming, I, I, I may have, it may have come across as I, you know, was suggesting to be scared. And I've, I've really tried to make it a point in these, la these new videos, uh, new podcasts, to really, really focus on the fact that, yeah, a lot of this is going to happen, but it's not all bad because the law of the land, nature's law, God's law, doesn't allow for, I mean, there's justice, right? There's weights. And you can't have extreme evil without having extreme good and vice versa. So there's, there's a counterbalance here. So for all the evil that may be thrown at us, there'll be just as much good available too. So there's no reason to fear. You know, you think about, I don't know how many times throughout history they thought it was the end of the world. And, you know, sometimes it was the end of the civilization, but the world kept going, or maybe there was just a new world altogether. You can look at the, you know, the, this fourth industrial revolution as a new world. It's a good way to look at it because it's going to be different. Is it a new heaven? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know in heaven there's going to be technology. I, I, I don't know. But I do know that what's coming, yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be weird because anytime a financial system crashes, it's that, again, it, it, that's inevitable. But there's no way, let's just look at it practically. There's no way the world economy can continue to run like this. It's it just can't happen. People are waking up all over the place, realizing what has been going on the last hundred years or so. Not just the last two and a half years, but the last hundreds of years. Like. People are waking up to recognizing, like, wait a second, God created me for something different than this. Get me off this prison planet. Get me out of this hell. The enemy has a lot of plans. And, like, I've told people to read the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And, uh, I mean, I've given so many things to research my goodness um, like how even Nezra Jezra people that don't know about that and like tying that to the beast system anyway all these things are coming right but here's the deal 
we've been in a beast system forever. The financial system that we're in now is a beast system. Now, there's another level to the beast system coming, but we've been in it, but you don't have to participate in that. So there's not a, there's not a reason to be scared because that's one of God's promises. And you know what? I would swear to you that 99%, I'm not supposed to swear, 99%, I'm pretty confident that 99% of the things that I've been scared of in my life never happened. And of course, if I remained in fear, eventually, you're cheating on me, aren't you? You're cheating on me, aren't you? You're cheating on me, aren't you? Over and over again, well, eventually you get cheated on. <laughs> but 99% of the stuff not doesn't happen. And another thing I've learned about Jesus is that he really does have our best interest at heart. But it doesn't mean that we get to go through life acting like jerks, treating people poorly. No, there's, there's God's law. I learned something when it says the Lord says, that basically means law. In the Bible, I learned that. I didn't know, I mean, who knows if it's really true, but when you read the Bible and it's like, okay, that means law, makes the Bible really, really make sense, even more. But when you are obedient, that unlocks the kingdom of heaven for you. Obedience, because at the time it's like, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I just have sex with whoever I want? Well, I mean, because I mean, that's what I feel like I want to do. I'm using this as an example because I had this argument with myself. I mean, before Jesus and even during Jesus, like I was like, oh, yeah, open relationships and like thinking that this was going to be something God would bless. <laughs> I look, I didn't say that I knew everything and I'm not saying that that's right now, but what I'm saying is like, it's like, why, why can't I do that? Well, God has a reason for that, you know? And and a lot of times, even, okay, how about this? Here's another example. When we, uh, when we think that, like we get really, really excited about an opportunity or something that we see, but we feel in our spirit that it's wrong. Like, hey, this isn't for you. You've got to let it go. But, 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 but this is what I, like, this is going to bail me out. Like, this is the money I need. This is what, whatever. Well, when you listen to that, that, that nudging, pay attention to that voice. And sometimes it's in the pit of your stomach. I, that's where I really notice is the pit in the stomach. When you pay attention to that, you usually find out why you were getting that feeling pretty quickly after, especially if you're obedient to it. But those messages, this is another thing I've learned. Those messages are hard to hear when we are pissed off, angry, resentful, drunk, hungover, drugged out, etc., etc. There's a reason why God wants us to treat our body like a temple. But another thing that keeps us from hearing God's voice and hearing those calls for obedience is when we are listening to the opinions of others. 
Another thing I've learned about Jesus is that it's a personal relationship, not a community relationship. Are we to have community? Yes. Are we to break bread? Yes. Are we to be with like-minded people? Yes. Are we also to go to the people that aren't? Absolutely. But it's still a personal relationship and God's revelations that, you're, that he gives you are for you. Now, are they meant for you to share? Well, yeah. But to abuse people with what we think is right and wrong isn't right. The other thing I've learned on my path to following Jesus, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, and there's so much. I, I, I should have, I wish almost what I, I would have taken notes, but what happens typically, I, I prefer to speak from the heart. I don't like reading from things. And... Um, but I know that the other things that I've learned about Jesus will probably come out through other broadcasts. But this other one that is probably, I think, the most important is that he really wants the best for all of us. And I'm not, I'm not talking about in the hokey way that sometimes it's delivered through ministers and churches that want to pump you up so you can give to them and give them a bunch of money and, you know, get your tithes. I don't, I don't mean like that. I really believe, because I've seen it in the Bible, but I also believe it because I, <laughs> the other things I believe is that Christ is inside of us. I think he's inside of all of us. And I, and, I, and, I, and I believe that where you form the relationship is by accepting that. And do you learn more through reading his word? Yes. Or the, the Bible? Yes, you do. I also know that God can speak through a lot of different things. And but we also have to be very, very careful about assuming everything's God's voice because sometimes it may not be, especially if we have a lot of trauma and we've been involved with dem the demonic. Um, and sometimes it can be the words of another person that is claiming to be a prophet, but isn't. So one of the things that I've learned to do before praying anything else is well part of the prayer but before coming to God and, and you know wanting to get close with him and, and before reading the Bible or listening to the Bible one of the most powerful tools that I've learned and it's I, I don't know if tool is the right word but when I ask for forgiveness and ask the Holy Spirit to clear out any of the junk in me before I read the Bible and before I pray I am certain that I'm going to hear God's voice. But if I start praying without asking for forgiveness for or thank you know thanking and forgiving first, I gotta be honest with you, and I'm not hundred percent sure the voice I'm hearing is him. I, 
so I recommend that. I also believe that our perception of heaven and hell could be right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I'm going to forgive me. Our perception of heaven and hell could be right in some degree, but I think it's also more than that. Like, I think that we focus too much on the external part of hell and the external part of heaven instead of making that happen here, meaning heaven. The way we treat ourselves, the way that we honor our body, the way that we honor God. Like, we do so much on the external, but we can honor God by honoring our own body and our own self with what we feed our mind with, um, how we treat other people, how we respond to when we're being treated poorly. I think that what I want to do as a, as a believer, as someone that does believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and as someone who has been hurt by the church a lot, and I'm sure that if you're listening to this, you probably have too, I want to I want to say this. Jesus, like we're all broken and to some degree. And it's easy to go, I'm not broken, I'm healed and I'm strong. And you go into your affirmation mode. And I understand that. But we've all sinned. We've all been hurt. We all have some form of PTSD. And, and so therefore we're imperfect. So even if people that profess that they love Jesus and then hurt you, that doesn't mean that they don't love Jesus. And in fact, they could love Jesus very much, but they make mistakes and they sin. The other thing, I, I started saying this before, and my, I have dyslexic fits today. Um, but the other thing too about Jesus said keeping our eyes fixated on him is because everything else is a distraction. Meaning that these Christians fighting over Bible verses is a distraction. Um, conspiracy is a distraction. And I'm a conspiracy theorist. I, I was born that way. But the thing is, those that the information that we see, no matter how good at research you are of doing, like, yeah, there's truth in what you're finding, just like there's truth in the Bible and there's truth in other religious texts. But to verify and believe that it's the actual facts, 100% true, is misguided because God, like God has the final say. So in conspiracy worlds of Project Bluebeam, there's going to be a fake alien invasion, which is one of my favorite ones. Um, you know, there's people time travel, which could be very much real. I, 
you know, I mean, all this stuff could be real. Uh, Albert Pike's letter from 1796 or whatever year it was, like, I mean, yeah, that was the New World Order plan uh, uh, for all three world wars, but like, is it really gonna happen? I mean, we don't know. But again, going back to 99% of the stuff that we fear doesn't really happen, same way with this. The fourth industrial revolution that's coming, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of change and there could be reason to be scared, but the truth is, we don't really know that that's gonna happen. So we get to be the best that we can be. We get to glorify God in all that we do. Our purpose doesn't change regardless of what happens in the world. We get to be everything God created us to be. And there's not a thing man can do to stop it. But we can stop it. Like, we can get in the way of God's... Our, we can get in the way of God's plan for our lives by not honoring it, by running from it. But I can assure you that running to his promises is the only way to remain free, regardless of what's happening in this world. I don't have all the answers. I love the Lord. I love Jesus. I wouldn't be here without him. Mo a lot of you, you know, like, a lot of you realize this. But for those of you that don't, Don't let Christians get in, get in the way of you finding Jesus. Don't let Christians get in the way of you giving your life to Christ. Because you know what? Even after you give your life to Christ, you're going to become one of those people. And what I mean by that is you're going to become one of those people that's looking at others going, are they a real Christian or not? You're going to be one of those people that is praying on for someone, laying hands on them, and then maybe 30 minutes later go tell someone to go F themselves. That's going to probably happen to you. Doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. And it doesn't mean that you're not a real Christian or a real follower of Jesus. It just means that you're a human being. That's what it means. So I want to call out every believer and say that I love you. Stop fighting with each other. It's not helping anyone. It's You're fighting and it's trying to make yourself look good. The John MacArthur's of the world and people like that who preach amazing sermons, powerful sermons. Those videos and Paul Washer that going after other people, calling them false prophets. What if they're playing the role that God asked them to play? I don't know the Bible, but God speaks to me and shows me things in the Bible that people that have read the Bible for 40 years haven't seen. And I know that it's God because I see how it's working in my life. So that's bullcrap. 
like some of the stuff that goes on and you know I mean some people are more ready for meat than you think and there's people that are ready for the meat of the Bible and God's words and God's truth the deeper truths you don't need to be a biblical scholar for that sometimes that crap gets in the way of truth also there's a hierarchy of look at me I'm the better Christian like done be done with that you're not saving anyone like this I probably turn more people away from God with some of the things that I said it's not right but I was seeking truth and wanting to be truth and wanting to be the great Christian and everything and I still want to be I want to be great in God's eyes I want to be everything God created me to be. I can't be that listening to other people, and neither can you. So, Christians, when you're sharing your opinions forcefully and arguing in public in front of others, with whether it's verbal or on social media, you're doing the devil's work. There are people that believe in faith healers. Are we supposed to damn people for their faith? You know how hard it is to live with faith? So people that choose a religion or not, or choose a path that are doing so in faith, I admire them. Even if it's not my faith, I admire them because it's not easy to live And everyone who makes that decision is doing the best that they can do. It is up to Jesus. It's up to God to direct them, not you. You could be getting in the way of God's direction with your freaking noise, with your criticism. I'm grateful that I made my commitment to the Lord and not the church, or I would have left a long time ago. Because I got hurt by a lot of people in the church. But you know what? I forgive them because... They're doing the best they can. And you know what? My story is not digestible by a lot of people. Non-believers, a message for you. Jesus loves you. It's not, and he loves you in ways that are far beyond anything any man can tell you. And it's the weirdest thing because it is a supernatural relationship. And it's very, very personal. These dreams and visions that God gives you or God showing you what's possible, and I know I said that earlier, but I want to say that one more time because He's going to give you it's going to happen in a way that you're probably not expecting. That has been my experience. And it's awesome. I'm experiencing it now. This, the whole vision that God gave me. Man, it was right before going to L.A. I wasn't even serving the Lord then. About the Live Model Worldwide Foundation and what we were going to do with it. Well, and it was before a we. I wasn't even. It's like a whole. I was a drug addict when I got that message. 
but I kid you not, it's all happening right now. Like, it's manifesting in the real world now with the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation, with the Live Mana Network, with JoshuaTBerglund.com, that, and then my wife, and then the kids, and like how it's all being laid out. Not just media company in a box, but the whole ecosystem. And then other people's boats and rafts, like the capability of linking up that way and yet remaining independent and free, bypassing censorship. Like that's, like it's happening. God has, is doing that. And even in all the storms that we have gone through and are going through, this is what's happening. That's why you keep your eyes on Jesus because if you look to the left or right, lose sight of truth the truth is not in the opinions of your friends the truth is not in the opinions of your minister the truth is inside of you you may have to clear out some noise to get there but it's worth it and that is part of what following Jesus is it's awesome it's awesome and it, all it is starts with a simple surrender. God bless you. Thank you for watching.